The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, I think you're going to find the next section surprising. Ivan here filling in for Pat. I recently was MC at a luncheon for the Lighthouse Club. What, Ivan? It is the dedicated charity to deal with mental health related problems in the construction area. And here was I thinking on so about 170,000 people working in construction and you will pass construction sites and scaffolding and so on. And you would think that all those guys are hard men. They have tattoos, they're predominantly men, physical work, and they're literally strong to be able to lift and drive and whatever. But what you don't see is the statistics that between Ireland and the UK, 53 suicides occur in the construction sector. They have a very high rate, 63 times higher than the average levels of addiction, depression, mental health problems in that sector. So why is it? And that's the, the, that charity lunch had as a, a star guest, my next guest, Carol Ann Clark, who is an organisation development consultant. She was also a former captain, one of the first pioneering captains of uh, women's rugby in Ireland, uh, Green. Uh, and she also then became president of the women's IRFU. Uh, so that's a little bit about the backstory, but that welcome, Caroline. But that doesn't explain your career path. You, you explain organisational development because it's a who's who of clients that you've had globally. Yeah, I guess uh, organisation development in its simple terms is exactly that. I work with clients across a number of areas to help develop them grow, um, not just from a financial perspective, but making sure that, you know, their people are thriving. They've got the right processes and structures in place as well. So that both, you know, humans uh, uh, thrive and the business thrives. So I've done a lot around digital transformation um, agency realignment, working with HR teams as well. For the and likes of who? So uh, I've worked with mainly Accenture on digital transformation uh, within Coca-Cola. I did a four-year project around digital transformation, but also experiential marketing as well. I've worked with Tesco, kind of reformulating their marketing structures and their marketing agencies and how they deliver their marketing uh, to help them grow as a business as well. And over the last four to five years, I moved more into kind of culture transformation. And I've been particularly lucky to work in mental health and well-being across construction, steel, mining, utilities across Eastern Europe, Australia, the US uh, and obviously uh, Ireland as well and the UK. So you had a very successful career, but you hit a bit of a rock in the road a few years ago, personally. Tell us about that. So back in 2015, um, I, it was really kind of burnout more than anything else. I was, you know, traveling 110 flights a year. I had two children under the age of uh, five, both uh, in uh, full time um, childcare, uh, working 60 hours a week, uh, probably hadn't dealt with a few things in my life as well. So I basically wasn't well, you know, uh, with burnout and I I left kind of the the corporate world for a little while. And And you got yourself fixed personally, but you pivoted. I pivoted then. So that's where I I went through life coaching myself. I think as a a sports person, I had done counselling previously, but um, coaching was for me because it was all about moving forward and action plans and setting myself goals. And I was so taken with the process that I decided to become 
a uh, executive and leadership coach myself. Then I was I was dealing with CEOs and leadership teams who had very complex uh, issues coming to the table because we, we can't separate our lives from work and, and personal lives. So that's where I did mental health and well-being coaching, resilience, practitioner coaching and then corporate well-being as well on top of that. And, and I kind of pivoted more into that space then. So mental health and the construction sector yeah. discuss. Yeah, so, you know, within the last four years, uh, as I said, I've predominantly focused uh, on this sector. And um, I think that the first thing I'd like to say is that there, there's great intent around the leadership there in terms of, of, of trying to address it. There was a, a survey done in 2019 by the Construction Industry Federation. And I think I think 93% of all leaders agreed that, um, you know, mental health is a direct impact on health and safety, but 81% of them don't know what to do about it. So really, that's my, been my job is to try and get into companies. At and, individual at, company at level. Individual company level. So whether level, it's Walls or Cisco or, or BAM or yeah, any of those yeah, big companies. Crown Roofing, yeah. also some of the subcontractors okay. as okay. well. So, so uh, um, first of all, my understanding why it is men tend to bottle up things more. Secondly, it's very stressful hours, shifts and so on. You're away from home going from site to site. Therefore, you're not going home at night. Therefore, drinking, uh, gambling, addictions develop. Uh, Just paint the scenario of this counterintuitive hard men having, you know, mental health problems. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it's not just hard men. I think when you look at the, the WHO statistics, 70% of people globally don't ask for help when they're not when, when they need it. And equally, on the other side, we don't know how to help somebody as well. So it's not within our nature to discuss mental health. And then obviously, when you and move into a stigma myth, for some people. A stigma. Yeah. And I, I think um, I think a great example is when I was working with a supervisor, I'd been working on how to talk to, to guys, you know, leveraging listening and compassion and empathy. And he he was talking to about 50 lads in the room and he said, you know, like I, I work in I'm an empathetic person with my family and my friends. But when I'm in the construction environment, I feel like I need to be a bleep um, because a bit of, of a bollocks, bit yeah, of a bollocks yeah, yeah, because yeah. on his words, because of the, the, the culture that I'm in. So when we look at the data around why mental health issues are so high um it, it, it is that bullying culture. It's very hierarchical. And also, it, like, it starts from the client. Like, one of the people I haven't got into the room with are, are actually property developers. It actually starts from there. Like, you would have seen Paul Brown from CISC last year um, in the Irish Times talking about the fact that, you know, they, you know, they're under immense pressure in terms of timelines and budgets to deliver. And that has a direct impact on their people through the whole system. And it starts from there uh, and that cascades down. So there's general work stress, there's lack of communication between managers, there's lack of training in terms of people, in terms of how to collaborate and coordinate with their team members uh, on the ground as well. There's also um, the, the kind of the unrealistic working targets and long working okay. hours, as you So say. those are the circumstances that yeah. lead to the stresses and pressures yeah. which lead to poor mental health. Yes. What is your call to action for employers? What do you want them to do to, to, to uh, be more sensitive to this issue, to be more understanding and to provide access to help? Yeah, so the access to help is actually there. I think there, there's probably two things we look at. One is is around 
kind of creating that environment where people feel comfortable to to reach out. So we've got to move from that kind of crisis management that we're currently in into more prevention. And I know you, you mentioned the Lighthouse Club are there. So it's like encouraging people to do that. But there, there's a few things we need to do. One is kind of the governmental piece as well. There, there are people refusing uh, contracts from the government because of those timelines and unrealistic budgets. They have an opportunity to, to create best class uh, system in terms of uh, making sure that people are thrive. I would love to see Hubert Fitzpatrick. He's the new director general of the CIF. I I would love to understand what his legacy is around people. I think he's got a marvellous opportunity to bring the construction industry together because they actually have to do it together. I'm working with one company at the moment who wants to do good things and particularly from an ethical point of view, but they can't because if they move, it impacts on the supply chain, unions. So they actually all have to move together. I'd love to see them redo the work that they did in 2019 where they surveyed, but actually bring it out broader to leadership, engagement, supply chain relations and actually do a solid piece of work. But most importantly, follow up and on follow through on the commitments that are made coming out of that report. And at building site yeah. level, the yeah. real, you know, front facing front line of this, what do you want to see done there? I mean, the Lighthouse Club are talking about having over from the UK mobile vans calling out, you know, distributing details about the 24-7 helpline. Uh, they have a new app about make it visible and so on that explains all those things. That's all one word, make it visible. What, what would you like to see? What do you think is best in class for employers? And, you know, there's so many kind of subbies and subcontractors mm-hmm. and small industries that, you know, it's very hard for small industries to do what it a is. BAM or a CIS can do. Yeah. So there has to be fundamental shift from health and safety to well-being and safety. And I would like to actually see that those names shifting on sites. You know, I've worked on sites with the guys and you put them in the right environment. They do open up and they do talk to you. So there needs to be visibility on site. There needs it needs to be integrated into health and safety. So some of our some of the clients I've worked with, for example, every single person on site has to do a self-check mentally every morning before they're allowed to go on site. Because if what they're does not, that involve? That basically says to themselves, look, ha, like where, where are my thoughts this morning? Like, are they actually getting in the way of me doing my job? Are I actually having an accident? You know, can I manage my thoughts today? Like you might have had a fight with your partner the night before and, you know, you're impacted. And, you know, am I okay to talk to my supervisor? And maybe rather than go up on scaffolding, actually, maybe I can do a different job today. So it's given them permission. But you have to put the, you have to make that visible on, on a daily basis as well. So I think that shift from health and safety to well-being and safety Because health and be safety huge. is quite elaborate in construction in terms of uh, falls and, and, yeah, but, and but, things clanging on top but, of your head talk, and all that. Talk to Sisk, you know, yeah. the, the former CEO talked about the fact that, um, you know, they spent 30 million on health and safety you have no accidents, but they have nine suicides a year. So there has to be a shift from that, physical that's, that's safety the I'm looking for. to well-being. They have no actual fatalities from physical accidents, but they have nine fatalities from mental health problems. Yes. So they have to move from health and safety to well-being and safety and look at all the well-being pillars in order How to How do you to think Ireland compares to other countries in, in dealing with this? 
Uh, we're definitely behind Australia. I've done a lot of work in Australia, particularly in the mining industry and steel. They, they're probably about five to ten years ahead of us. Um, UK are probably pretty, pretty similar. And I've actually done a lot of work in Eastern Europe in the last couple of years. And they've been they've really embraced the work that I've been doing uh, in terms of changing culture and mental health and well-being. So that they're, they're probably a little bit behind, but actually they've embraced it better than I, than probably the Irish clients that, that I've worked with. OK, well, a call to action. Uh, the CIF, the Construction Industry Federation, are obviously uh, supporters of the Lighthouse uh, Construction Industry Charity. That hotline, which is available if you know of anyone who's suffering or a family member or someone themselves, 1800 939 122. It's entirely free. It's all not for profit. And uh, I, Carol, I, I, I really enjoyed having you in here. I could have Thank talked you. to you about rugby and different things <laughs> uh, 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 that you've done in your life. But I, I really think that um, we need to change our awareness of this whole issue. Yep. Thank you indeed, Caroline Clark, Organisation Development Consultant, and lots more. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.